Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading episode 5 of the Bullpen Cart. We're moving right along, and today Matt and I previewed the National League Central. Had a really good conversation about that. As always, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment on this episode of the show. And if you have any feedback, we're getting a lot of good comments Please let us know. We're always looking to improve. And without further ado, here is the National League Central. Enjoy. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Bullpen Cart, the Thunderblogs baseball and other sports podcast. I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Here with always is my man, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Just getting getting through the day today, you know? It's yeah. uh, almost the weekend. Yeah. One more, I, one more night. I hear that. It's... uh. It started to rain on my walk home, which it's supposed to be just torrential downpours all day tomorrow, and not excited for it, especially now that I have the walking commute. It's not fun. I got poured out on yeah. Tuesday. You have, a, you have a really tough life having to walk to work every day in, in Rittenhouse Square. That's hard. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, I could live in Rittenhouse Square like some people. Yeah, you could, and you probably should have done that. I don't know why you're moving. Up. <laughs> I don't know why you're moving. You know. I like to save money. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, Cheap guy. But anyway, we are here. Episode 5, we have knocked down four divisions, two more to go. We're doing the NL Central today, and like we talked about in Episode 3, this will be the final division preview with Matty D. We received a, a few comments, mainly from the person joining me in the final division preview. But Matt, we're, we like the Phillies a little too much to do a NL East division preview together, I think. Uh, there's nothing wrong with liking the Phillies too much. Okay? Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think we can both agree where the Phillies are going to finish, but we might spend two hours on the Phillies and 20 minutes on the other four teams is all I all I would think. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. That's pretty much spot on. I would spend every podcast talking about the Phillies if you'd let me, but you got to keep me on a leash, so keep me safe. Yeah, and that, that'll probably be a, a good amount of uh, – well, not a good amount, but there'll be some time dedicated to how our fighting Phillies are doing – it, once the regular season rolls rolls around, but you know we'll get there. And like I said, we'll probably you know have a little Phillies talk, other sports that are going around, especially now that that we have the playoffs about to start in both the NHL and the NBA. So stay tuned for that. Once the the baseball regular season gets going, maybe a few other podcasts outside of baseball. Throwing out a couple movie ideas. If you do have something you want to hear us talk about, please let us know in the comments. But, Matt, I think we should just get right into it. National League Central Division, what's your outlook on it? Well, I mean, just right off the bat, I, I think we all know who the clear favorite is. Uh, they broke the curse last year. It's got to be the Chicago Cubs. Go Cubs, um, go. This is a division that I think was it two years ago had a bunch of really, really good teams. Yep. Uh, four really good teams. So the yep. Cubs were kind of up and coming at that point. Um, I think the rest of the division, I wouldn't say they've taken a step back because I think the Cubs are just that good. Uh, but they've definitely, they're definitely not really nipping at the heels of the Cubs yet, although we'll talk about how a few of these teams uh, are looking up uh, for sure in this division. I mean, I think it's going to be a one-horse race, but I think that at least two of the teams are going to potentially battle for a wild-card spot. So it should be a great great year in the NL Central for sure. Yeah, I think so. It'll be exciting to watch. Um, like you said, a lot of those teams are, are sort of where the Cubs were at or two years ago. More up and coming. We'll get to the one team that probably is the best shot at overthrowing him. But as always, let's go bottom up. In fifth place, I have probably one of the lower ranked teams in the National League. I have the Cincinnati Reds. Matt, what about you? Um, I'm in agreement. Uh, the the Reds. Um, it's time for them to get the kids going. That's yep. for sure. They uh, they were really what they, didn't they win a hundred games like two three years ago three years ago maybe. Uh, might have they, been, they had a really good team, and they've definitely fallen off the wagon. In it might have been four years ago. Four years ago? Um, maybe, but, hey, maybe three. They, four years ago, the Cardinals won a lot, and they lost the Red Sox. That was it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, they still have one of the best players in all of baseball, Joey Votto, who they've, they've now locked up. And I know Votto isn't um, – I wouldn't call him super young, but he's definitely the kind of player – he's 33. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely the kind of player who um, – in my opinion, age as well. I mean, he's so disciplined at the plate. Um, he doesn't swing at bad pitches. No. He doesn't foul out a lot. Um, you know, he's he's a superstar on a bad team. Uh, a, you know, a little bit like we talked about earlier, um, 
previous podcast, uh, Paul Goldschmidt on the Diamondbacks. Yeah. One of the players on the team, and he's sucked. Man, they just signed him long term, so he's definitely the face of the franchise for the next few years. They probably can't even move him if they wanted to. Um, but yeah. Yeah, probably not. I think, too, Billy Hamilton's still there. You want to see him maybe get a little more of a higher batting average, but. He's one of the fastest players in the league, and I think you could see him steal a lot of bases. I was going to say, if he can bat around 300, he could steal 100 bases in yeah. a season. He's that fast. I mean, he's one or two in, in the league in speed. And yeah. I, think his, I think his fielding almost gets overlooked for some reason. He's, he's gotten much better at tracking balls. I mean, he's an eraser in center field, and it makes life easier for, for a, a Reds pitcher and a Reds outfielder because – Man, he can fly. Uh, he's fun to watch, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of on that note of the Reds pitching, you have younger guys, um, some vets in there. You have the former no-hitter thrower, Billy – or not Billy Hamilton, <laughs> Homer Bailey. I just pulled up Billy Hamilton's uh, ESPN page. That's why I said his name. But Homer Bailey coming off of injury, so we're not sure when he necessarily comes back. But you want right. to look to him to, nece- to be that veteran – but other than that, the pitching is is the big question mark of how can they really make sure that they're keeping the ball in the yard and, and not letting too many runs come across the plate. But well, if you can I, see a guy like Hamilton track it down, it, it does certainly help. Yeah. I was going to say, they actually had they had a record last year in Major League Baseball. They gave up 258 home runs last year. Really? Which was 30, 37 more than Sefton's next lowest. And uh, it was the most ever in baseball it was in history. Um, cool. they, they need some guys. Uh, you know, they have a young guy. They, all their pitchers right now, especially with Homer Bailey out, are young. I mean, Cody, yeah. uh, Cody Reed's a guy that needs to bounce back. He's a big, was a big time prospect. Yeah. He came up last year, 0 for 7, uh, 0 and 7 in losses in 7.36 ERA. Now he's only thrown like mm-hmm. 50 innings. So there's a lot of promise for a guy like him or um, or, or Robert Stevenson. will probably see him up there. This team just needs to get these pitchers. See what they have. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you really just need to kind of throw them to the wolves, unfortunately. It's right. tough when you're playing in a division against the Chicago Cubs, you know, to a degree the Pirates, definitely against the Cardinals, and maybe even the Brewers, but we'll get to the Brewers in a second. But you almost have to just let them, you know, take their licks and, and keep it going. They'll win some games. They'll lose a lot of games. Um, the, the one person I wanted to get your, your thoughts on, cause they have a couple outfield prospects that could see some time this year, but it'll be, it'll be tough to see. Basically it's the, the right field revolving door. Cause Adam Duvall, I think he absolutely has left field locked down, but what's your outlook on him? Do you think he's going to be a power hitter again? Do you think average? I really like, I really like Duvall. I think he's, he's, he needs to be in left field, obviously. Yeah. Um, he's got a really good swing. It's like compact. It's like a, you know. Fires through it, um, and I think he's got the opportunity to be a power hitter for them, which is important. He's probably going to bat fit this year behind Votto. Yep. Um, so he, they they do expect big things. You know. Uh, Who do you have batting third that, for him? Say again. Who would you have batting third for him if you have Votto four? Um. Well, I would I would probably have Hamilton lead off. And yeah. Then I would probably have um, uh, Jose Peraza. Uh, okay. Have, like second baseman, maybe. Where do you have Cozart batting? Say again? Where do you have Zach Cozart batting? Well, I, see, now I think they're going to try to do what they can do to move Cozart. You think so? Um, yeah, I think this might be the last year to possibly move him. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, but he, he's got a little uh, pop. Go ahead. I just said he's got a little pop in him. He does, but for yeah. the team that's trying to rebuild, he's already 31. You know, I wouldn't call him a superstar. I don't think he's a bad player, by yeah. the way, but I just... So I think he's one of those guys that they can definitely try to move. It. And him and the other guy would be their relief. They have Drew Storen. If he can bounce back at all this year, yeah. they could possibly bring in another prospect there. I mean, they, they need to stay young. Um, so I would be fine with them moving somebody like that. Um, yeah. So I think if you can have uh, Peraza maybe playing second base to start the season and batting second, and you drop Kozar right now, if they want to pump up Kozar's trade value, you, then you do bat him at second. Yeah. Um, or you could bat him at six, which I know is dropping him down a little bit. But, you know, at some point, you got to try to get your guy, your young guys up. So I think that's kind of important. I would almost try to get him do a Tony La Russa, Joe Madden, and bat Cozart ninth. Almost sort of a thinking outside the box. Uh-huh. Get uh-huh. him on base, maybe pump up Billy Hamilton's numbers a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because you could see, uh, you could see Hamilton. I mean, he's a certainly a double threat, and you could have a guy like Cozart. I mean, they have a couple other quick guys, but Cozart really is the main culprit that you can think of. Who get him on first base? Billy Hamilton puts a double in there, puts a double down the line or something, and all of a sudden you got second and third with these young guys coming up. And even if if it is the designed plan of having, excuse me, <clears throat> of having Cozart batting ninth and he's leading off an inning, then you have two outs, second and third with Joey Votto coming up, and you know you can see two runs right there. Right, right. I actually missed Bill Cozart. You're right. I actually. Duval at the four, Votto at the three would probably be the way I would set it up. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, yeah, going forward, I just didn't think that one all the way through. Um, yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I just – well, Hamilton, his startup's low with his average, but he, he batted 260 last year. Okay. He's only 26. If he can do anything, his on-base percentage was 321, I think. So mm-hmm. they could do a little bit more with him and get him up to close to 400. Mm-hmm. Just on base, I mean, whether it's walks or whatever, uh, he – they have a chance to, to score some runs, and they're going to need to score some runs because this pitching staff is going to go up and down all over the place. Yeah, I agree. The The pitching staff is is certainly something to worry about. you got to watch out when you're in that, like I said before, in that division, in the National League in general. I mean, you have runs factories, whether it's San Francisco, L.A., you got powerhouses like Washington or even the Mets to a certain degree. And, I mean, the Braves could come out of nowhere. The Marlins certainly have some pop in their bats. Granted, you only play those all of those teams twice, twice a year, six or seven games, but it's still something to worry about. I don't know necessarily if they're as low as the Padres in terms of number of wins and losses, no. but they're going to be towards the bottom, I think. I think they're a bottom, I think they're a bottom three team in Major League, most likely. Although, yeah. there's a guy I love to point out. This is a team that used to have a homeless Chapman. People forget that. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, Rasiel Iglesias is a young reliever who throws some serious heat, and he can be a fun guy to kind of watch if you're a, a, a Reds fan. You're going to games, though. If you're going to games, though, you're mostly going to see Joey Votto bat and uh, Billy Hamilton run for right now. Um, I think they're, I think they have a lot of work to do, though. I think this is kind of a, a decade outlook to me, which is kind of a shame because they're going to kind of waste. It looks like they're going to waste Joey Votto. Um, he's 33, and he's only going to have another four or five years of excellent baseball. So it's kind of a shame in that regard. But um, and, I, and they, they can't move the contract, but it'll be all right. I mean, they've got some some things to build off. Of. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's something to watch. It's exciting. I mean, if they're coming to your town, I'd certainly if you can go to a game and watch Billy Hamilton run or Joey Votto swing the bat. It's not a bad time. But I think right. we should you know, move along, go up to our number four spot. I would think we probably both have the Brewers four. We do, we do, yes. Yep, all right. So the Brewers are in an interesting spot. They've done some rebuilding. You know, they traded Jonathan Lucroy last year. They got some guys for him, and they picked up some players as well. But I think just in a loaded division like the Central, I think it's tough to – be in a spot to really contend. I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm very high on their rebuild, though. I really, yeah, I am too. I really like a lot of what they're doing. Um, what we saw Jonathan uh, uh, Villar at second base just kind of come on last year. Yep. Um, he's super fast. He's almost Billy Hamilton fast. I think the big question with them is, with him, is can they can he do it two years in a row? He may never have a better season than he had mm-hmm. had last year. Um, so, but I mean, I'm a big fan of him, and they've got a, a lot of other guys that that are coming up that I'm, I think are going to be really, really good players too. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Garcia is probably going to start at shortstop, and he's another guy. They really have the middle kind of locked in there for them. Um, another young prospect. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty high at the rebuild right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. You also picked up Travis Shaw, who used to be in the Red Sox organization, was on the Red Sox last year. Uh, actually. Kind of a Ben Zobris type shot. He's yeah. around a little bit. I think he's going to be a good player for them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting period in their in their uh, you know sort of timeline. You have Ryan Braun still still hanging around. Who, you know, despite all the different steroid stuff, he's still still a great hitter and still putting up the big numbers. Um, so I mean, you, in, at this point, you're just looking for him to to be that that veteran and that leader. Right. Well, 
don't know. I got. I, I was. Well, I think the one guy that they definitely will try to move if they can is, is Matt Garza in the pitching staff. But I have a question. Do you think if do you think the Brewers should move on from from Braun at some point? I mean, they're in full rebuild mode. They're doing well with it. I mean, he is thirty three. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a three hundred hitter, thirty home run, hundred RBI guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I would take him on any team. But I just wonder maybe if it's time at some point to to move him for some good pieces. They, they're they desperate for pitching. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. If you can get some good pitching prospects and sort of rebuild there, like you said, Matt Garza, and they got a couple other guys in that pitching staff, but no one really that, that's popping out to you. You got a lot of guys who, who let up a lot of hits, maybe not necessarily walks, but you got to watch out for – those types of types of pitchers and if you can get a good stud they got a couple guys up the pipeline but no one really that's coming up this year right if well, you, I, their, their ace is, is uh, junior guerrera who is probably a number five starter on a lot of teams yeah really exactly he's got really good stuff and i think he will be good but I, I just think he's got a lot of work to do and their staff to me is, is just really weak i mean and even their bullpen um here's a name for you Naftali Feliz, the former Rangers starter and closer, is actually going to be the closer for the Brewers, but he struggled. He's kind of a shell of himself. I remember him being great with the Rangers uh, a few yeah. years ago. So they're, they're, they got some work to do in the pitching staff. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the one guy that you might see pop up and excel, and granted this is a pretty tall order, Zach Davies. He's got a little, he's got a little gas on his, on his arm. He hits the strike zone pretty well. It's just tough. I mean, if you're on a team with not a lot of run support, which this team might be, you don't really have anybody that's sticking out aside from Braun that's really that that you know double, double, triple home run threat. It's tough to really get instill that confidence in your pitching staff. So really, I'd be interested in seeing how Davies does, um, right. and if he can get that confidence on his own despite a lack of run support, it could be fun yeah. to see. This is, the, this is the kind of team that I think maybe will give him more run support this year. Um, yeah. Well, they they have they, they signed um, the guy from Korea, uh, Eric. Th- I think his Eric last name Thames. Thames, but it yeah. may not be. Yeah. Uh, his nickname, by the way, was God in Korea. <laughs> he, had a, he had a great season last year in Korean baseball. By the way, I'm not poo-pooing Asian Asian leagues. They're very good. The Japanese league and Korean league are, are very talented. He batted 348. Um, so maybe he can he can give him a little something at first base, um, you know. Too, I, you know, I've done a little bad three forty eight uh, in here, uh, but you never know. And they have, I mean, I love Broxton and Santana in the outfield. They're young guys mm-hmm. that are only going to get better. And they've actually got a bunch of outfield prospects that possibly could be coming up in the next few years. Um, so maybe, like I said, maybe it's time to move on from Braun. I mean, I'm sure there's a team out there that would take him. He's that talented. I think so. I mean, I think similarly to a lot of the conversations we've had about that one shining piece of a team, Goldschmidt is the one that comes to mind. You just have to see how that market develops. I think the nice thing about outfielders is that you can see that you know there's a lot of moving around the pieces, and you can see if they're versatile. With Braun's a pretty versatile guy. You can. It's a little easier to make that work. So he could be of a lot of the guys that we throw out as potential trade bait. He could right. be the first one cast out, and I don't think necessarily yeah. you get whatever you can for him because I think you can for the right team you could get the right prospects. But you're right. He could move on. It really depends on how they come out. Again, I just don't think they have the tools nearly to keep up with the rest of the division. No, no. They're, look, they lost 110 games, I think, last year. They're not going to do that again. But no. They're, they're going to lose a lot of games. But I think they're they're definitely on the upswing. Unlike unlike the the Reds, they're they're now trajectory should be going up in the next few years. Um, they can't get much lower after the fall. I mean, look, they were a great team. They had Prince Fielder and Ben Braun and such. Um, but they'll be back. I really like this team the next two three years if they can find some pitching. This could be a formidable team to to play. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think just the big thing again is watch the pitching and really if they can if they can come out and really gun it in. I mean, if you see guys like Garza, Davies, um, and the rest of that staff come out and re- and really gun it in, then I think they could start off well. 
but it'll be it'll be an interesting road ahead for them. And I think yeah. you're right. I think they're they're the closest to competing with the rest of the division. Right, I agree. But let's uh, let's move up into third, and I don't think it's going to be much more interesting. It could be for the second place team. I've got the Pirates third. What about you, uh, man? See, now we're, now we're differing. Now I we're differing? Second. You I had them second. St. Louis Cardinals at third, but let's let's talk about the Pirates. I think they're close. I think the Pirates are... Right. I think, I mean, it depends on really how that pitching staff comes out. I think it's possible that Garrett Cole really, really comes back from you know, the injury, the disappointing year. He's the big wild card for me, um, but I think Ivan Nova coming back and being like he was when he was a rookie on the Yankees, how, however many years that ago that was. Yeah. Um, the one guy I really liked, I saw him pitch, and I was turned on to him by Emily because he went to Delaware, was Chad Cool. I saw his pro okay. debut here at Citizens yeah. Bank Park, and it was funny. You could see I, I went with a – you know our our executive producer Jared Barnes, the Pittsburghian, if that's if that's what you call them, um, and you can see a lot of people in that Pittsburgh gold, which is really just yellow. I don't know why they call it gold, but right. and there was enough people in red, but you could just see a ton of people sitting behind the Pirates dugout in that Delaware light blue color. You know, it's not Carolina blue, it's not Duke blue, a little lighter than that. You know, so, somewhere in the mix. And it was the it was the Delaware baseball team all cheering on Chad Cool. Wow, nice. Yeah, I think I mean he had some good stuff. He I think had a no hitter going for a little bit, but it was, it was September baseball for the Phillies was a. Uh, I'm not trying to discount Chad Cool, but it's right, not hard right. to it's not hard to to get the Phillies through five innings of no hit baseball in September. At least the 2016 Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a, I like. I actually like their pitching staff a little more than you do. I, okay. I look for uh, Jamison uh, Talion to bounce back, and okay. show why he was a top prospect. And I really like a young kid they have, Tyler Glass. Now he's a six-eight starter. He's probably going to start the year in the minors, but he he looks good. He's looking good in the spring, and if he can throw strikes, he could he could be up in that rotation. So I like their rotation enough. I don't love their rotation, but I like it enough to compete. For a wild card spot this year. Yeah, I think that's the sort. I think that's where you and I probably are differing on the two teams, but we're both bullish on the pitching staff, and we'll get to the Cardinals in a second. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily that I'm bullish or bearish on the staff. I just need to see more to make a more definitive answer on whether or not I love them or no, of course or of I course. hate them. I'm I'm indifferent. I still think that they're that the Pirates lineup is very formidable. I think especially you get guy. I mean, obviously McCutcheon is somebody who I really like, and we talked about the other day that I'd love to see him when he's a free agent come to Philadelphia. But you got you got him there. You got Starling Marte. You got um, Gregory Polanco. That's a pretty solid outfield. Josh Harrison at second base. Francisco Cervelli still still uh, holding his plate. <laughs> But I, I think they're formidable. I think that they can do a lot. And I still think even in third place, you could see them in a wild card position. Right. But I think you're going to see, really for me, it's it's the pitching staff. What are you going to show me in terms of where they ultimately end up in those standings? But I think that, that offense can do a lot. Jordy Mercer is pretty good as well, even though he spells his name wrong. Um but we'll see. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be a fun team to watch. The whole they're them and the Cardinals are going to be a fun race. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a statement. I think this is the best outfit of the division. I, I'd agree with that. I, I did some digging on McCutcheon because he had a really bad year last year. He played he center. I don't know if he's the same elite fielder that he was in the past. Um, he he actually had not this past year, but the year before his his WAR was at six point four, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Last year. Negative point seven. He Ooh. cannot get much worse than last year. Um, but I love this outfield. I think I actually think uh, Marte has passed McCutcheon at this point. I think so I too. A huge fan of McCutcheon, though. And I love the move of putting him in right field to kind of help him out. Yep. Uh, but I, well, they need to do good. If they falter early, I would. 
bet money that they move McCutcheon. They have a young kid. Um, Meadows? Yes. He's the number six prospect in all of baseball right yep. now. If, if, if they fall to early and they think they can get something from McCutcheon, they, they might move him because um, they don't want to lose him in free agency. I, by the way, I, I don't. I want him, so hey, the Phillies will take him. But um, they could have an issue, you know. But I, I like this outfit a lot. I like David Freeze at third base. I think he's a solid vet. I think he plays good D and he can bat a little bit. Yep. So I think they're going to surprise some people, which I always like to see the Pirates surprise some people. They've been so bad for so long. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they were the a couple years ago. So yeah, it's funny. We as Philadelphians have this weird relationship with Pittsburgh, where <laughs> the Pit, the Pirates and the Phillies used to be in the same division and were one point rivals. They haven't been in the same division for almost twenty years or more than twenty years. Uh, the Penguins and the Flyers obviously have their beef, and then the Steelers and the Eagles only play each other every four years. So just you know, it's a weird uh, baseball. It's it's kind of. I don't want to call it a big brother, little brother type of deal, but it's, you know, we're not, I'm not opposed to seeing the pirates do well, especially when the Phillies aren't in that sort of contention. It'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see a pirates Phillies series down the line, but I mean, I would, I'm not saying, you know, fuck you Pittsburgh. Cause it's not hockey, but <laughs> I just think that that pitching staff is a big question to me. I think I also might be seeing Antonio Bastardo in their relief core. And that's just making me go, whoa. <laughs> right. No, I, um, it's kind of weird. You're talking about Pittsburgh. It's, yeah. Um, we, it's like a big spectrum. We, we we root for the Pirates. We're indifferent to the Steelers, I think. I mean, I don't want to say that the Rivals fans, we're not in the same conference. I think the Steelers fans hate the Eagles more than Eagles fans hate the Steelers. Yeah. And by the way, we don't, I mean, I look, as a, as a diehard Eagles fan, I hate to say it, but the Steelers have way more rings than we Everyone has more rings than us. Um, yeah. Uh, but We can't really talk shit about we, Super Bowl we rings. Hate, we hate the Penguins, though. Uh, so, but yeah, going, sticking with baseball, yeah. I think, to me, though, the, the kind of hidden, hidden jacket, I like Clint Little a lot as their manager. Yeah, he's I good. He's going to find a way to get these guys into the into the playoffs this year, maybe. And there's a lot of teams out there, but I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for these guys. What do you see out of Josh Bell? <sighs> It's kind of a big season for him. He, I mean, he was he was good last year, but he, he didn't have a lot of power. Um, he's still young. He could be a linchpin for the offense. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I love him though. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it, it's a sort of make or break season. He's better. By the way, he's better in the in at first base. He should not be in the outfield. No, I agree with you entirely. He's. I think he's going to be their first baseman. Um, you have a couple guys that are around that, you know, in that spectrum that could come up. I'm not necessarily sure if they have anybody else readily available in right. the in the organization. So that could be something that if you do trade a McCutcheon, try to go after a corner infielder. You could probably right. throw freeze at third and then, you know, move around some players and, and kind of figure it out that way, which is a possibility. Yeah. Um, I think you're right, though. I think it's a make-or-break year. I think he'll hit well in terms of average. I'm not sure about the power, though. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is a make-or-break year for the whole team. If they struggle this year, I could see them going from being potentially buyers, trying to get a wild card spot, to being sellers pretty quick. Because I think the core of this team, I don't know how they don't have all the depth that I would want in their farm system. I mean, they have a couple guys. Don't get me wrong. So this to me is a big year for this team. If they don't show something, they, you could see a lot of changes come next year. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the really shitty thing that I don't want to put on the Pirates because it was so long between playoff uh, appearances for them is that if you make one wrong move on a rebuild, and that's sort of the dangerous thing about a baseball rebuild of all things, is that you could see a delayed uh, you know, return to glory, if you will, quote-unquote glory, uh, we saw it with the Pirates. We saw it with the Royals for a long time. We're kind of seeing it now with the Twins in limbo. We could see it with the Reds where they were. I mean, and it, it's tough. I mean, it's those middle market teams. Uh, it, 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 it's just – it's one thing to be concerned about, I think. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, see, I think we can – as we move into now the Cardinals discussion, I would say that I could see the Pirates as two, but I cannot see the Pirates – 
going after the division title. I don't either. I do think, I do think the Cardinals have the best chance in the division, even though I picked them to go be a third, to compete with the, the Cubs. Yeah, and that's why I have them second. I mean, I really like that team. I alluded, it, I alluded to it before. I think they're a big runs factory. That's sort of been their modus operas, M.O. Uh, I'm not good at the Latins. But um, that's always been their big thing. They got Dexter Fowler from the Cubs. Which he was w- such a cardinal, isn't he? I mean, I know he was good with the Cubs, but yeah. he's like a perfect fit. He helps them with their defense, which struggled last year, and their base running, which they were awful last year in two. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and I think Matt Carpenter's still there. Colton Wong is still there. Johnny Peralta's there. Stephen Piscotty's still there. I mean, Molina. Yeah, I mean, Molina. I mean, and you got this pitching staff that even though they're older, you can still think that they're going to go out and they're going to shut you down every single day. I mean, I think that it's – I think it's – they have – you're right. They have the best shot at taking down the Cubs. I think – I mean, I think they have a good – Really good shot at playing in that wild card game. Yeah, I think their health is a big factor for them. Um, we already saw their superstar um, pitching prospect um, Alex Reyes. He's out for the year with uh, the Tommy John surgery, which which really hurts them. I I, I like their staff has a lot of really big names. We all remember Michael Walker from a few years ago in the playoffs. Uh, Lance Lynn. Those are two guys along with Adam Wainwright. That if I think their playoff hope hinges on them pitching a lot of innings. And winning. Um, they've struggled a little bit the mm-hmm. uh, last few years. I love Martinez at the top of the order. He's a su- an ace in the making. He's 25. He's going to be great. But they uh, they really need their pitchers to kind of step up. I'm with you. I think they're going to score some runs. They're going to produce runs. They've got a lot of on-base guys. But they, they have some work to do with the pitching staff. Yeah. I, I, health, health-wise. What was that? Health-wise. Health-wise. I think the talent is there. It's can they stay healthy. Yeah, I, I can certainly see that. I mean, that's been Wainwright's big deal. Um, the guy, I mean, that you could see come up and, and make a big impact is prospect they got, Alex Reyes. I think he can do a good job for them. Um, he is a pretty young guy. He can be a little inaccurate. It might be a Nuclelouche type of deal where, you know, he throws 20 strikeouts and 20 walks, both a club record. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. If they can stay healthy, it looks great. And if somebody goes down, it might spell trouble. I think the yeah. other on the other end of the pitching staff, if Trevor Rosenthal can figure it out to go along with their closer, Sung Hua Oh. I, yeah, he's a fun guy. He's nasty. Yeah. He's deception. He could be really good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that offense has such a good, you know, churning out runs ability that it could be fun to see them in the Cubs every single time that they play. And it'll be exciting to see how it goes. But you're 100% right. Health has to be the, the main concern. I think we talked about this in the NL West where I was – a little more bullish on health, and you were being not necessarily bearish, and because nobody wants to put that on anybody, but you were being more realistic in terms of, hey, there's a history of this. Let's be aware of it. Right, right, right. Well, hey, uh, real quick, just you know, uh, just recently, um, Reyes went through Tommy John surgery. He's done for the year. Oh, is oh. So they won't. Yeah, well, no, it's okay. They just I won't have, have stuff. It's, it's, for a young pitcher to go through that, although we've seen a lot of pitchers bounce back from that pretty struggling. So yeah, that's a, yeah. All right. Well, my information's a little old. Uh, that's okay. I, <laughs> um, no, no. I, I wanted to let you know. So um, no, no, no. I, it's I blame ESPN and their depth charts. They don't have it for starting pitching as as well as they do for position players. So no, no, thanks, no worries, ESPN. No um, um, I do think the other guy who was great last year was uh, the shortstop Diaz. I think he needs to avoid a sophomore slump for them. Yeah. Uh, so, and I also think that um, uh, Randall um, uh, uh, Grinchuk in the outfield, well, they moved him from center where he just was butchering center field. They were very uncardinal like last year. Defensive issues, base running issues. The Cardinals, to me, are the premier organization in baseball right now. I, I know the Epstein's with the Cubs, so I don't want to put anything down. But they, every year, I mean, they always seem to be in the playoffs and in the hunt. They were very uncardinal like last year. Yep. If they come back with with what they're capable of doing, they could be a really good team. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think I'm a little more bearish on them because we've always seen them be the thorn in the 
NL Central side, you can't put them away even in the year that it, it's not the cardinal way, if you will. Um, I mean, aside from you know a couple of years where they've really been either so dominant or they just were irrelevant. But I right. think for years on years on years, they've done a great job of just having all of this talent and then being able to not have to go out and trade for anybody, but still attract some some players like like the Matt Carpenters of the world. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I certainly agree. I, I, like I said, I, I think this team has the best chance of competing with the Cubs because they are the Cardinals. Yep. You know, so we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't dislike this team whatsoever. Um, just a little more, more, more bullish on, uh, on the Pirates. On the, yep, yep. And I think we can both agree that they, that whomever wins out of that race probably has the best shot at a, a second wild card or maybe the first wild card spot. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean. You know, it's tough because you do have, obviously, the two powerhouses out on the West Coast and the Giants and the Dodgers, um, you know, and obviously the NL East, you, 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 you looks like you're going to have Washington and maybe the Mets um, and maybe the Marlins. I know you'll talk about that later, um, but, I, you know, so we'll see. I think they're going to be in the, in the hunt, though, for sure. Yeah, and, and we can cover that once we get through the division, but let's move on. Let's move up to the top team. We both agree the defending champs, the Chicago Cubs – should win this division. I don't want to say they're going to run away with it. And there's a few different holes that we can talk about. You mentioned it before with the Pirates. Their outfield is a big, big concern, I would think. Yeah, I I like their outfield. I yeah. love Schwarber. I love Schwarber being back. Um, and he's going to be the largest hit off man in baseball, which is great. Yep. Um, you know, but the, I think the other two spots definitely have question marks. It's obviously, the one positive is that uh, Ben Zobris can play in, in anywhere if need be. But I mean, Jason Hayward obviously his fielding is great, and I, I know that's why he's there. But you are so right; they they need the center fielder, whether it's Almora Jr. Or, or John Jay. One of those guys needs to step up for them and produce at a high level this year. Yeah, I agree. I think they have so many different ways that they can put the pieces together. Um, that they can figure out something defensively. I think you almost need to, I hope that he did at least have Joe Madden kind of take a step back from what, what he was doing in the playoffs and figure out what worked during the regular season. But the way that they also can do that, and they didn't necessarily do this in the playoffs, was by the fact that the starting pitching was so, so good last year. And you could argue they're better than they should have been. I think that's a sneaky good point by you, and I'm going to back you up. You have they had five their five pitchers last year start 29 plus games, which is so rare in baseball to see five pitchers. Three of those pitchers, uh, Lester, Arietta, um, and Lackey, are all over 30, yep. which is terrifying. Um, if you're the health of if you're the the trainer for the Cubs, so I. They could have an issue there. I love Kyle Hendricks. I think he's a superstar pitcher. What a steal that was, by the way. Oh, my God. With Ryan Ryan Dempster? Yeah. Yeah, they moved into the Rangers, right. They barely got Dempster to to move his no-trade clause. Yeah. Um, Hendricks is very, like, Greg Maddox-like to me. I mean, so him having a good year will really help the rest of this team, but they definitely need – I think they're going to have more pitching problems than people realize this year. Yeah, I think – I mean – I think it'll be interesting to see the big thing, and I don't think we, you and I would ever think we'd say this about Jason Hamill, but the fact that he, I mean, he was a consistent guy, and now that you got, you have Mike Montgomery looking like he's getting that fifth spot, maybe, uh, you know, maybe someone else, but Mike Montgomery looks like he's going to be getting it, and he, you know, he's not an innings eater. He might be able to get you, get you out in terms of not letting runs go across, but the big, big question mark, and it's why they made the trade at the deadline is the bullpen. And, you know, we can always talk about, and Greg and I talked about this way back in the first episode with the Yankees, you don't necessarily need to have a five-man death rotation, but it certainly helps to have a, you know, a fifth guy or a fourth guy that can have those solid days that give a, bull, give a bullpen a nice day off or not have to use, not, Keep the usage rate, if you will, low. I know that's not necessarily a baseball term, but no, it's right. a good way to put it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, their pitching scares me 
their bullpen, Wade Davis has looked fantastic. Um, I know Joe Madden recently came out and said, look, it's just the uh, it's just spring training. I like his stuff. He's fully healthy. But there's no Chapman there, obviously. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't re-sign him for the money that the Yankees gave him. But they they are going to be looking for relief pitching, and they're probably going to be looking for like that sixth starter at some point because I'm worried about um, both Lester. I'm worried about all three of the 30-year-olds out there. It's so they got really lucky last year. I think their lineup's going to make a lot of runs. Um, they've got a lot of really good guys. Chris Bryant maybe is one of the top three players in all of baseball. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to have to make a move uh, to to get somebody. It's, if not the bullpen, maybe a starter, which is going to hurt. Yeah, I, I I think the pitching is where you're going to have to make that play. I think their lineup. I mean, we talked about the outfield and, and what they can do, sort of that Tetris matchup matchup. But I think the rest of their lineup is is pretty well established, yeah. especially on the offensive side. You know, the def- the defense that Tetris puzzle will figure itself out. But offensively, I think I mean you got Bryant who can absolutely fucking kill the ball. You got Rizzo who he'll get some MVP bo- votes. He did last yeah. year. You Baez got Baez and Russell. You got uh, Contreras who I think in a full season will do. He'll do pretty well, I think. Um, Hayward is a guy that that really you want to see him do well because he's had just this. He had a really good rookie year, and then he didn't really do much of anything else since then, since 2010. He's always said, oh, I've worked on my swing. I've done this, that. It's like, right. you know, It almost sounds like the laundry list of things that Tiger Woods has said since his back injury. But just like Tiger, it's really not produced a ton of, of stuff. I mean, Tiger won some wins in 2013, and, and Jason Hayward has a World Series ring, so neither of them can, can really complain. But they're not the superstars that they – one once was, and the other should have been. No, I, I agree. I, I think the positive is for Haywood. He's still a great fielder. Yep. Um, is, is that the rest of this lineup should be good enough to carry him if he's still struggling? I, I'm gonna be honest. And once again, they have Zobrist who can play in, in right field if they need him to. Yeah, I was about uh, to ask you, what do you think his on base percentage gets up to this year? Zobrist. Zobrist. Fans. I, I am I too. I really like him. And he was 385 or six last year. He was way up there. Yeah, he was day. way up there. I he's 35, but I don't I don't see why he would slow down. And I think he's gonna. I think he's a great chess piece because he can he can play second, he can play right, he can play left if they need him. So they're gonna. I think Joe Madden's gonna move him around, give him some days off. They're gonna be able to give a lot of guys days off, which I think is so important for this team. It's not a Belichick type of lineup. There are some Absolutely. days off. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be three eighty, but I think he should be in the in the high in the high three fifty three sixty on base percentage range. Right? Yep. For sure. Yep, I agree with you. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the big question for the Cubs is how healthy does the pitching stay? How consistent can they be? How does the bullpen perform? And if not, do you go out and try to get somebody, right. or even something where? You throw an you know a position player talent for a pitching talent so that maybe next year or in 2019 then you have some younger guys that are starting to replenish that replenish right. excuse me that yeah. that pitching rotation. They do have a couple guys. I mean, this is why the best team was just ranked number one leader. Period. Yep. yep. Or hey, he should come to the to the Flyers or the Eagles or the Sixers or the Phillies. I'd take him as any of those GMs. Um, they have a guy, Eloy Jimenez and uh, Ian Happ are two prospects they they like a lot. But those are guys, when you're in the win-now mode, you maybe you move them for a, a big-time pitcher um, somewhere. Or they have other smaller prospects to make some bullpen moves. You know, I think you'll kind of see them do that, though, as the season goes on. They'll start off strong, and then they'll kind of move from there. Yeah, and, and, and even it's something with a guy like Theo that it's not, not even necessarily moving those huge names where you can see some deal come across the wire that we barely hear and talk about that ends up being so paramount, if not this year, if not next year, if not in 2019, but in the 2020s, it becomes a big deal. That's why the Red Sox were able to win three World Series titles in 10 seasons, even right. though he Theo left in 2011. I mean, a lot of those pieces were put into place with him. Greg can speak to this more than I can, of course, being a diehard Red Sox fan, but 
I mean, it, you know, the the results speak for themselves, and I think the Cubs are they're here to stay for a bit, and I don't think anybody's doubting that. But there are a lot of concerns to worry about, and repeating is so hard to do. No, I, I, I could not agree more. I think the, I think looking at it, I would almost say the Indians. I was going to put money on it to get back to the World Series. I might put the Indians ahead of the, um, or even the Red Sox ahead of the Cubs. I just their pitching staff was so perfect last year yep. in terms of being healthy. Chicago's was. I just think that's really hard to do twice. Um, but I'm, they're, they're, to me, they're going to win the division, so yep. it shouldn't be a big deal. Yep. So, you want to hear yeah. some quickly before we move on to sort of your thoughts and and uh, my my brief thoughts because I'll give my full playoff picks with Greg. But you know how I like to talk about the win- the run differentials and the, the luck rating, right? Yeah. So the Cubs, despite having record numbers for their run differential, they still underperformed by expected wins and losses. Wow. Yep. That's how... Wow. I don't, I don't see them winning 103 games, but with that kind of stat, that, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, hey, that, wow. Yep. So what I think really you can see out of the Cubs is I think they have a decent shot at getting back to it. Of course, you got to wonder the Giants are always there. They always have the opportunity to put together a postseason run. You saw that with in 2014 where they were a wild card team. And of course, it's tough to say Madison Bumgarner is going to have another historic performance. But he's got a lot of other guys around him now in terms of that pitching staff. I think the the big question is the Dodgers and can they finally perform in the postseason where we've seen them just sort of struggle and not really be able to do that. And on the other side of it, you got the Mets. You have the you know the dinner posse or the steakhouse posse, whatever you want to call their their four pitchers. Um, do the Nationals finally do it? That's a big pick I've seen in a lot of baseball previews that I've that I've seen. And I, I just think as much as I'd like to say, cause of my family being from Chicago, it's just so tough for them to do it. I would almost call it 40% chance of them getting back, which seems high, but I don't want to say it's, it's the Cubs versus the field. Yeah, I don't think so. I just, I think baseball is so much about luck and breaks more than a man. More than a lot of sports, um, which is amazing. You think in an 162 game season, um, you know the best teams would win almost every year. But we've seen, we saw it with our Phillies. We've seen it with a lot of other dominant teams. Yep. I mean, if, it's unless you're the Yankees of the 90s and the early 2000s and before that, it's hard to repeat baseball. They were the last team to do it. But I, but I don't think, like I think a lot of teams, the, door, the windows are closing. I don't think the Cubs' window is closing because a of how good Theo Epstein is, and also how young a lot of their players are. So like the Nationals' window is probably getting closer to closing. Um, the Dodgers maybe, although they have a lot of good young talent. I think the Cubs though are going to be good for a long time. So I, I'm impressed uh, with I, how Theo managed that team organization. I think so too. I think it's, I mean, if teams right now that are in that winning winning position, I think it's the Cubs and the Mets of all teams to really be that consistent mainstay. You'll probably see other teams float around like we have. You know, the Phillies right. were there, the Reds were there, the Brewers at one point were there for a hot sec. But I think those are the two teams that if you really look into the, the five-year crystal ball, they'll still be relevant at that yeah, point yeah. in time. Although I always forget all the youth the Dodgers have that we don't see. That's true, like, too. Like Seager and Julio Arenas, but I, I'm with you. I, I I think the Cubs to me are the top of the NL next few years at least. Yep. So. Yep. And before we uh we close up shop on the NL Central, give me an MVP. Uh, I think it's Chris Bryant. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, as much as you don't want to go with the chalk, it's it's tough to go against. I'd love to right. see Rizzo do it. Um, Cy Young. <sighs> I want to pick. I'm going to pick Hendricks. I don't want to go and talk Cubs, um, but I think Hendricks is and Hendricks, excuse me, is that good. I'm I'm a big fan of his, and I think he bounces back big time. Um, my 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 dark horse MVP for the division would probably be um, uh, Sterling uh, Marte of uh, the Pirates. I really I like. Him. I think he could have a big season. So. Yeah. 
I can see that. I can see him being up there. I'd love to see McCutcheon really just tear it up and get confident. It looked like he was in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. And, I mean, so that that could be an indicator. It's still yeah. spring baseball, so you don't know. I would have to. I would have to say, probably Hendricks. Again, I don't want to go chalk. I'm going to go with Lester. Put it on there. Okay. Say, go. If he stays healthy. Other than the fact that he can't throw to first base, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, I was going to say he, he, in a miraculous hot take, he learns how to throw to first base, and <laughs> he rides that to 23 wins. That's my big oh, hot take. Fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> uh, I could see the old guard as well. You mentioned, um, um, what's his name? You mentioned um, Wainwright? Lester. Lester, Wait, yeah. I was going to say, you watch out for Wainwright. Yeah, I was going to say him, but injuries scare me. No, I, I, and I, do, I do certainly agree there, but if he stays healthy, he, he's been really good. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with, with, with Wainwright, but he's a hell of a player. So. Yep. So that'll do it for the National League Central. And now let's move on to do some segments. We're going to start with Stadium Snacks. And, Matt, there was a big announcement that you and I saw that Primo Hoagies is making their at Citizens Bank Park menu a little more robust. Oh, my God. I love Primo Hoagies, and I'm so excited for this. They're going to bring on – well, they've got two great sandwiches. These are normal sandwiches you can get every day. If you're just walking around, and I, and I recommend everyone go, but they're bringing in the Bada Bing, which has got broccoli rob, but my personal favorites, the Bada Boom, uh, beautiful bread with chicken cutlets and then some long hot peppers on it, spicy. My mouth is salivating talking about it. Mine is too. Uh, I'm so pumped up for um, the Bada Boom to be at Citizens Bank, and I'm excited. It's my first stop. My first stop. First thing I'm getting, not the crab fries. You know, ooh, not, ooh. not a beer. I'm going right for the bottom boom. Not a beer, Matt. Yes. Who is this? Who is this here. person on the podcast? Not drinking you heard, beer. You heard it here first. It's dangerous times out here. Dangerous times. I um I too enjoy Primo Hoagies. It's not necessarily a place I always go to when I go down to the ballpark. As much as I like the bottom boom, I might go with the bottom bang. I like broccoli rob a lot. Oh man, you can't go wrong with broccoli rob. I'm yeah. Not putting down broccoli rob here both are i mean it's the bada bing just to give you the idea it's the same sandwich the breaded sliced chicken with a little you know for with a little uh provolone on there's a sharp provolone i believe yeah great yes. bread same you know all most of philadelphia sandwiches are known for their bread that's why we're probably uh you know a little are we uh, i feel like we're a pretty hip fit city but i feel like there's a like me there's some people that really enjoy their bread hey i you said that. Your words, not mine. I think you look great, okay? I mean, I did just run a marathon, not the brag. I was going to say, you're still faster than me. Uh, I wouldn't say faster. <laughs> just more endurance. I'll tell you what I th- – well, hey, look. Just I'm going to plug Philly real quick. I think this city's doing fantastic things. It's growing. Young people in downtown Center City kind of expanding. I'm a big, big fan of Philly. Yeah. Um, big – you know, we're doing good stuff with Green Green Movement. We've got the best sports fans in the world, obviously. Woo! So uh, – and unlike that city out uh, to the west, we actually have four major sports teams um, and a soccer team. So I don't want to hear about that that town with all the rivers, Pittsburgh or whatever it's called. Trust the process, Greg. <laughs> MB yeah. Mania next year here in yeah. eastern Pennsylvania. But, I mean, like you said, Philadelphia's doing a lot of things. The one thing you didn't mention, and I, I'm getting nervous, Matt. Oh, what didn't I mention? You didn't mention all the breweries and tap rooms that are coming in. Uh, I did not, and I got to point one out. I was uh, I had a good weekend filling this past weekend. We were at some birthday parties together. On Sunday, I traveled for some day drinking to Evil Genius. Um, it's called their, their lab. Um, it's located down in Fishtown uh, on Front Street. Look it up. It is beautiful. It's an old warehouse facility. They gutted it, and they've got the I-beams up on the top, uh, brick all around. Uh, Evil Genius makes some crazy, crazy beers. Yep. Um, I had some very interesting beers. I'll put really? a couple out. Turtle Power Grapefruit Pale Ale was my favorite. Probably the most normal beer that they that they have there. Mm. Um, and they have a lot of really funny names. There's the Shut Up Meg. It's a Farmhouse IPA. It was fantastic. <laughs> they have the, yeah, I, these are they, there's some amazing names down there. Stacy's yeah. Mom. In, uh, I've IPA had Stacy's Mom before. My purple, my, my favorite, I don't like it because I'm not a peanut butter lover, but someone's got to try it, is 
the Purple Monkey Dishwasher. It's a chocolate peanut butter porter. I've had um, that. Evil Genius has great beer regardless, but I definitely recommend, you know, heading down, checking it out. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. You hang out. There's food. There's TVs. There's games. They have a Sega Genesis at the door you can play if you want. Oh! After that. And there's Sonic? There's, uh, no, I don't know what game. I, I always just I NBA always, Jam I was playing it when I walked in. I don't know what games they have for it. Um, but they're about and they're about to open up a big outdoor area at some point too. It's it's a really good. Just work in time for down. summer. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So make your trip down that way. And Jordan, we also visited uh, St. Benjamin's Brewery also down in Fishtown. I don't know if you uh, want to jump in on any of that stuff. But, yeah, uh, that was a fantastic spot. Yeah, that was a good. I mean, that was a ton of fun. I mean, for one. Shout out to, to Logan and Evan. It was their birthday on Friday and Sunday, respectively. And I hope that for Logan's birthday, you and him ordered a Shut Up Meg in honor of his lovely fiance, who had just finished the Philadelphia Love Run. Darn right we did, and we enjoyed every minute of sipping that. They even have her name on the wall, which was even better. So, That's uh, great. Oh, we man. had a fun time, fun time giving him a hard time. So. That's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, St. Benjamin's Brewery. At, named after Philadelphia's own Benjamin Franklin. Got a nice little little picture of our boy Ben Franklin on their, on their logo with the stars right behind him. I mean, you find a lot of different bars and, and things named after ben, ben Franklin. Kite and Key is a bar up near Emily's house that you and I personally love, like to go to. But the, the, the beers in the brewery themselves, uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty good. I'm pulling up the list right now. The one I think that we all really went after on Friday was either the with or without, which <laughs> is a, that's a Philadelphia reference for those of you who have been to Pat's or Gino's or any fine cheesesteak establishment. Um, you know, it's a it's a blonde ale. I really enjoyed it. It's nice and light, especially after you know a long night of drinking, celebrating birthdays and whatnot. Obviously, drinking responsibly, but pretty good taste to it. It's Belgian Blonde Golden Ale. So if you had those before, pretty light, pretty good, easy to down. Uh, not very alcoholic. It's about 4.6 in alcohol by volume. So I highly recommend that. Go check Go check out St. Benjamin's Brewery. Absolutely. And there's so many breweries popping up, and we'll have more to come on the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why we have the Beer Corner. And maybe we, uh, maybe we can get involved and maybe get a live podcast on there. I would do one of that. That sounds fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good time. That's ideas to come. But Matt, before we head out, I like it, like we talked about at the top of the podcast. You will not be joining us for the AL or the NL East. Might be a little yeah, too, too much supposed homerism. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, well, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to get your outlook on the Phillies before we see Jeremy Jeremy Hellickson throw out the opening day pitch in Cincinnati. I want your thoughts. Well, I, I, first of all, definitely on the up and up. I'm a, I love what the Phillies have been doing. They've been sticking to the plan. I don't even mind. They've signed some older players this year, some older veterans, especially in the outfield. Yep. Um, the underrated Michael Saunders, Howie Kendrick might be out there. We're not sure. Um, my hope is that we can get the season going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see. I want to see Franco become that premier middle lineup hitter. I want to make sure Herrera still has it, which I know he does. But then I'm ready to start to – I want to see the young guys. I want to see Crawford. I love um, Roman well, – J.P. Crawford needs to perform first in the minors. Yeah. Then he can come up and play. But Roman Quinn looks like a stud in the outfield. He was fun to uh, watch last year. Yeah. And uh, I, like, I like the start. I like the young pitchers. I want to just see them up and kind of doing their thing. I think it's a big year for the Phillies. Um, I'd love to see us move a couple guys, get the youth in here, and, and show that the youth can play. Yeah, I mean, I'll reserve my thoughts on the Phillies. I agree with you, up and up. I've always said I think 2020 is the big breakout year for them, and I think we're on the right track. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Um, you know, we've just been we've just been really smart. Um, and I'm sorry, I misspoke. I like Roman Quinn, and I think he's going to be great. But also the other guy I want to see up is Nick Williams. Oh, uh, yeah. Big fan of his as well. We just have a deep. We have a lot of guys in the in the minors that are coming up. A lot of outfielders, which I like. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We really, other than I mean, other than Herrera, uh, I'm excited to see what um, Aaron Althea can do this year for us. But we 
we, we've got some guys that I want to see get up by the end of the year. I think it's important. you got to start putting guys in the fire. Do you think Jorge comes up? I think it depends on what we get from uh, Rupp and Nap, but no. I think it's time. Yeah, he's a top four or five prospect for us. I want to see as many of these guys as we can get. I know some of the guys like Mickey Maniak are kind of a little away. Yeah, he's now, a couple years I, out. Yeah, but that's okay. I want to see some of these guys getting up and playing. Yeah. Um, Soon. I'd pers- I'd love to see Rupp just have a great year so that we can save a year of Jorge. Um, right. But, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him play. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I do think – I know we have some good starters now. Uh, like, I like Icon. Hellickson I'm a big fan of. Even Clint Buckholtz and, and Velasquez. We either need to see some progress or some prospects or start to kind of try to build up some more pitching prospects because I'm not – Sold on our pitching prospects yet. Yeah, I think they're a couple of years out. You got a lot of really young guys in the system that I think when we get there in three years, it'll look great. But I think you're right that they can either go one way or the other, and health was the issue. And if they if we do get into a sticky situation, we can see that late August, early September, or all of September, meteoric rise of ERAs. Right, 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 right. I'm with that. And I'll, I'll say again, I think a lot of the future hinges on J.P. Crawford, who has been talked about. Everyone says how good this guy is. I mean, he's in the top five still on a lot of prospect lists. He needs to show us that he's going to be this great shortstop of the future. So I want to see that now. I want to see him up at, at no later than July and playing almost full time. I don't. I love Galvez and Hernandez, but they're they're placeholders for me. I want to see oh, yeah. Crawford in action. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go too deep into it because I'm going to go do NL East with Greg. And that'll come up later this week. But other things to look out for from us here at the Thunder Blog, Matt and I may or may not come back and do something for the national championship game. Before we do that, final four picks. I'm taking Gonzaga and I'm taking UNC. And I'm taking UNC to win it all to avenge from last year. I, I don't love them. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm not rooting for them, but I think they're the best team. And I, I think those guys are going to get it done. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I I think it'd be cool to see South Carolina win. But it's I mean, Gonzaga is – they look great so far. Their, and I think, depth, their depth has really impressed me. They can roll guys out. They've got great starters, but they've also got a lot of guys to come off the bench, especially big guys. Watch Yeah, their big guy. Um, what's it, what is his name? Uh, guy with the beard, Polish name. Karnuski. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he looked great in that Elite Eight game. Joe Martin and I, like we talked about the other day, watched that, and it was a it was a good time. Want to know? Yeah. I didn't tell you about this. Did you? We were at the field house, and there's a large contingent of Gonzaga fans at this bar. Really? Yeah, it's surprising. For those that don't know, uh, Gonzaga's in Spokane, Washington, which is, I mean, it's pretty much in Mont- or Idaho. Um, you forget about that little sliver of Idaho that goes up. But it's, I mean, it's not a very large city, and you really wouldn't expect a, I mean, it was like 20 people. You wouldn't expect 10 people in a bar in Philadelphia to be that into Gonzaga, and it's not like you just become a Gonzaga fan like you do of a Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, UNC or you know other east you know east midwest schools, Gonzaga's kind of that niche that you probably went there. Or someone you know went there, right? Yeah, I would do. And I also want to say I think the I think this is a fascinating time. Everyone knows Duke, Kentucky, UNC, um, all these East Coast teams. We all go to sleep and we don't watch an Oregon or a Gonzaga. These teams aren't surprises. Mm. I know people are saying. But they, these, I mean, these teams are really good basketball teams. I'm blown away by Oregon. They lost their, their one of their better big men down low, uh, uh, Boucher, and yep. they, they really excelled. Um, well, I picked them to lose in the first round. Yeah, see, I had them. I had them. This uh, guy. I picked them to beat Michigan. Terrible. Issue, but. I had Michigan in the Final Four. I was yeah. so hyped up when they won the Big Ten. Uh, I know, I know. But hey, look, I think it's going to be a great Final Four. I think all four teams are really good. I think South Carolina has a great defense. I'm excited to see them play. Yep. I think we should have three, of three really, really good, good games to come. Yeah, I agree with you. And like I was saying before, sort of just t- touching up on our business notes, 
we may or may not do something depending on our schedules on Monday for the game. So look out for that. Look out for other posts coming up. I put up something today for you Phillies fans about the upcoming season. I broke down each series that the Phillies will be hosting and the various promotions that they do. I gave a little power rankings of the you know, different months and what can you expect out of those promotions, what's a good bang for your buck, that sort of stuff. So go check that out. And, Matt, you got anything else? Uh, that's all. I'll wrap it up for the day, you know. All right. Well, check it, or stay tuned, rather, for the NL East podcast. That will probably come up over the weekend. And pretty excited for opening day. Matt, thank you again for uh, coming on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure, as always. I love schooling you and all things uh, sports and baseball. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to see how that goes, Matt. But, That'll close things up here for our NL Central podcast. This has been Episode 5 of the Bullpen Cart. We'll talk to you all later, folks. Thanks again.